Hi, I'm Dr. Mila Brujic, and today I'm with Dr. Luis Clafani on the Optometric Insights Show. Hi, everybody. So, Dr. Luis Clafani, thank you for being here. We appreciate it. Um, you know, I, I don't know if you remember this, but early, early on in my career, you came to the East West Eye Conference, um, conference in Cleveland. Uh, you lectured, and you actually gave arguably one of the best courses. Um, I ever saw, um, e- even after that, on cornea, cornea complications, and corneal conditions. And it was really the impetus for me to realize that um, optometry just has the ability to, to own the anterior segment and treat it. Um, where a lot of things in optometry you know, require um, a certain level of ophthalmological surgical care, um, this gave us the ability to really kind of own everything. And, and you, you did that at a level that I've never seen before. So that was kind of really my first stepping stone into really starting my passion for anterior segment disease. And I know that that's a the passion for you. Um, what kind of got you in the anterior segment disease and advanced contact lenses and, and everything that you're kind of known for, Louise? Mealy, first of all, I remember that lecture because I remember you were taking notes and asking <laughs> questions. Nah, I, I wish I did, but that really means a lot to me because um, to be really the the main thing that we should always do is influence others to try to you know you know perpetuate what our passions are or just to become better. And I've had lots of different mentors through my life, and uh, you know, they, like you as you mentioned, the anterior segment, especially the cornea, it's we own it. Optometry owns it, and uh, we're very lucky because we could uh, treat it and we could prevent our patients from having to need surgery and we can take care of them around surgery and we can do lots of minor procedures. So, um, yeah, we really do own the cornea and lids and uh, anterior segment. Um, I, you know, the thing that really made me realize that, you know, the cornea and contact lenses was for me was uh, when I was in uh, high school, I was working at uh, Sears and uh, this lady had, um, there was a trauma, a broken glass on the floor, and she got a piece of glass in her eye. And I realized that it was really easy for me to get it out. I didn't realize how stupid it was because I could have <laughs> lacerated or ruptured her globe, but, you know, but I just realized that it was really easy for me to touch somebody's eye. You ask me to touch someone's foot, forget it. Okay, and that, like, creeps me out. And I really didn't want to deal with naked people I didn't know. So that's why med school went down the drain. Um, but you know, you know, we always, you know, cornea is the first thing that we pretty much encounter when we're taking care of patients. And I I just love it. Yeah. Yep. I agree. And you've had, um, kind of an interesting history, Louise. Like I still even remember too, like, so when I think about, um, female leadership and particularly early on, I I remember seeing you and Chris sent all always, always there. And, you always seem to be battling and debating contact lenses and cornea. Um, and uh, and what, what stuck out in my mind was at the time, you know, you're talking 18, 19 years ago, you were talking about a platform where it was really, um, from, from an outsider's perspective looking in, it was really owned a lot by, you know, male leadership. And you two were, you presented a different perspective, everything. And, and I think over the last you know, 10, 15 years, you guys have just really perpetuated leadership and you've always been these awesome role models. Like I see you guys both at GSLS with younger practitioners and, and I just see how important it is for in particular young female um, optometrists to have mentors and leaders like you. Um, how, how important do you think it is and what role um, have you actively played and, and has anybody ever kind of even come up to you, Louise, after and said, 
like the story that I just gave you, like, you know, this is why I started doing X, Y, Z. Well, you know, you're being very kind, Mile, because um, Chris is actually almost a generation younger than me. She, I graduated <laughs> in 1989. And yeah, you're right. There weren't a lot of female role models. In fact, when I applied for, had my first interview at University of Chicago, I had a female ophthalmologist say to me, uh, why aren't you at home having babies instead of what? seeing patients? And at that point, I was like, this is not where I'm going. I mean, I, I, this is not my path. My path is to do both. And so I was very fortunate because I was single and I had the ability to really perpetuate my, my uh, career and had, uh, was in an uh, educational institution, University of Chicago, for so long where they allowed me to have that freedom to do so. And I remember going to academy meetings. And um, I saw a lot of role models there, one of which was Loretta Schottka, um, Christina Snyder, and and others. And I said, you know, I want to be like them. I want to be the role model. And I like to surround myself with smart people. And it happens to be that most women are the smart people these days. Um, Gotcha. Uh, But I, um, but I, you know, and I think though that I had that opportunity. I was at the right place at the right time. And I think people were looking for women to, you know, kind of step up and break that, that barrier, that good old boys club and, you know, stand up. And so I was very fortunate that I had that opportunity. And, um, I was one of the, I was the, the second chair, uh, female chair of the cornea contact lens section of the uh, AOA. Charlotte Chalk was the first. Um, but as I was on the board there, um, you know, my, my great colleagues and friends, but we were all men, um, who, but who I was very comfortable with expressing uh, they said, you know, any other girls? <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> I, I had met Chris on the road traveling. And so um, I said, we got to bring Chris Sinton. And so, and then uh, my, my, one of my best friends is Pam Lowe. And you probably know Pam and she is the epitome of the, uh, of a leader and a woman. And, um, you know, I, I think that these days there are a lot more women who are uh, more active in contact lenses, the Scleral Lens Society founded by Melissa Barnett and others, you know, that's all women and growing and, and it's, and it's wonderful to see them. So, um, I, I, I love being around them. I love being around just smart people in general and people who are lively and who can exchange ideas. And so, yeah. You know, leadership in general, Louisa, to be very blunt with you, like you, you guys have always, um, I think the coolest thing about you guys is you've always, um, anybody who's had clinical curiosity, who's had interesting ideas, you guys have always just really welcomed them. And I think that's one of the coolest things about, um, I always refer to you and Kristen because you, the two of you really just seem to kind of always give me a chance when everybody else kind of seemed to brush me off. And I, I'll, 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 truly, I'll truly never forget that. There's a handful of, of kind of close-knit people that really just um, always, regardless of whether or not you thought my questions were intelligent or not, you always at least entertain them. So I always respected you and appreciated you for that. And, and the way that you just kind of handled yourself was always awesome. Um, but saying that too, like I, I, I want. So you're 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 talking to um, optometrists here, our colleagues, and you've had such a unique um, career path. Like, so you started in kind of a university hospital setting, you transitioned to a private practice, and now you're actually working with Synergize, and you're you're working professional relations with Synergize, and. And that kind of transition is really interesting. I, I personally, I think it makes you more powerful because you have that clinical experience. But uh, share with uh, like the audience how, how something like that even 
happens and what the steps to make that happen? Uh, like what, what occurs to make that happen? Well, I've always had the opinion that your first job is never going to be your last. And I tell that to my interns all the time. I've also been, I've been training interns at ICO my entire career. And so, you know, when I do see them along the way and say, hey, you influenced me, that makes me feel good. But I always remember that. And my first job was actually in a private practice for a couple of years before I joined University of Chicago. And I was the first and only optometrist who ever had an academic appointment there. Uh, for 24 years, I had a wonderful chair who saw the ability for optometry and ophthalmology. That's and awesome. that piqued my interest in corporate because uh, they really wanted me to own it. And, um, but, you know, time, things change, you know, and uh, things evolve. And I think I was just totally always being prepared for this next phase of my life. And the next phase of my life included um, being part of working with industry. And, and just like you, you know, you work with industry. We've been key advocates for companies. And I've always been intrigued by that side. I've liked the t being part of the technology. I think it's yeah. important for doctors yeah. to influence what they're coming up with, with research and development. Marketing is just really fun and exciting. But to be able to discuss things with my peers and come up with new lenses that are going to change patients' lives is what it's really cool. And now I'm right, I'm right back. I'm there where at the groundwork of where we can do it. And the other thing is, you know, I am in private practice. I joined. This is, this is like the funnest thing is that I... Um, when I left University of Chicago, I needed a place for my patients to go. I did not want to desert them, and I still wanted to be part of patient care. Yep. Some of that is at the Illinois College of Optometry, but I joined a practice, Solo Eye Care, the South, uh, South Loop. And the irony of it is that my boss was uh, <laughs> one of my interns 15 years ago, That's Dr. Bob Steinmetz. And my new boss, a new managing partner, was my intern last year, Greg Pappas. <laughs> so that is like really weird. So I always say, you know, being kind to people, comes around, goes around, you never know. And um, just to be around these young doctors, Dr. Bell, Kasha, Dr. Lena, um, I mean, it's just really fun. We have a really good time and they, they, they're keeping me young and we're having a great time. So, 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 I, think, so, so I think the takeaway there is, Make sure you're always treating everybody with respect yes. because you never know how things are going to come never around. Know. You never Louise, know, Louise. So. You you have a you have a unique way and manner of uh, giving giving us some really great lessons and uh, and packaging it with humor. And I appreciate that. And I appreciate you being on the show here today. Um, thank you all for joining us on this episode of the Optometric Insight Show. And make sure to follow our podcast as well. Thanks for having me. This is really fun. Thanks, Always Louise. good to be with you. Hopefully Thanks, we'll Louise. see you in person soon. <laughs> we will.